Bitch, I'm finna Bitch, I'm finna boo Bitch, I'm finna boo Yeah, me and all my crew Went from military infantry to goons All because the feds forgot the people make the rules Yeah, bitch, I'm finna boo Yeah I'm finna boogaloo Like a movie that's coming to a reality near you. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Goon Squad I'm your host, Clayton Moore I'm Moby Taylor Josie. I'm Malpractice Medic. I'm Caboose. Welcome, everybody. Um, happy Father's Day to those of you who are fathers uh, and to our listeners who are probably listening to, to this after Father's Day. I hope you had a good Father's Day. Hope everything went well. So we got a good episode for you today. Uh, we're going to be coming to the middle and a lot of questions are going to be asked. You know, we're, we're going to give a lot of answers and talk about some things that May have started a little bit of a fire recently, but um, you know, I, I, let's just go to say we can we can work through it. You know, there's a there's a calm at the end of the storm. So hopefully, after today, a lot of those those questions that everybody has has been spamming the Twitterverse with will be answered. And if not, you know, maybe we'll get a different perspective. So uh, without further ado, welcome to the show, Caboose. It's great to have you aboard, bud. Thanks. Great to be on here. Tell us a little about yourself. So I was a Boogaloo boy, you know, did a lot of actions and mutual aid and stuff like that. And here recently I tried to bring, um, so, you know, in a lot of our circles, we do work with communists and mutual aid and protests and stuff. So I started talking to some communists and uh, tried to bring them into a unity chat because they have a lot of the same ideas we do, except for after a revolution well they have the methodology for revolutions and after a revolution they have an idea about the stuff to fill the vacuum so i thought it'd be a good idea to bring them into unity chat since a lot of the goals are the same but uh yeah so that <laughs> didn't go over too well to say the least yeah it really didn't um I feel that it's in part to some, some things that people don't understand. You know, the similarities, like you said, are definitely there. You know, y'all call it mutual aid. We call it voluntarism, you know, same concept for the same goal. Um, I think it's mostly what, what's after the revolution that scares a lot of people. And I, you know, I can, I can see that. Um, but to be honest with you, I've never had anybody tell me that I have to do anything specific. So you know what I mean? I, I haven't really come across too many authoritarians that are at least outward about it. Um, being that, you know, most of us in the boo community are, are libertarian. We have a natural cl- uh, clash with author- authoritarian culture. Yeah. So, I mean, that's also something else that the communists um, have different definitions for different understandings of, because the ve- very idea of a revolution is authoritarian using force to overcome one side over the other. Um, but communism ultimately is just about uniting the working class to uh, overcome the ruling class, except they use the words proletariat and uh, bourgeois, or I don't know, that word. <laughs> I don't think I said it right. But yeah, I mean, it's um, as far as the after the revolution part, we have to think about there's going to be a vacuum. Uh, a lot of anarchists, um they also have the same end goal of just you know communizing everything living on communes everybody living free not really having to um think too much outside of their own community but um if after the revolution if you just 
kind of absolve the state and don't have anything to fill that vacuum, the power structure that's already in place outside the government is what's going to fill that vacuum. Um, a couple of different uh, uh, Boogaloo groups have assessed that problem and started brainstorming what to do, like, uh, you know, Liberty's Vanguard, you know, brainstorming about how to fill that task of what to come after. Because if we just drop it, the things that'll come back into control are just the corporations that were already in control. They'll just establish a different government and then we'll have to do the same thing over and over and over again. So that's why I wanted to kind of talk to the communists and bring them into unity discussions because they have books covering that exact thing happening and how to kind of avoid that. And it's kind of just a brainstorm session or that's what I wanted it to be. But there were a couple of people in that discussion who probably didn't need to be in that discussion. <laughs> Was there sort of like a specific moment where you felt like this is this is my moment where I stopped believing more so got into communism? Well, so my values have never changed. I've always believed in individual freedoms like gun rights and um, being able to do what you want. Like no one's trying to, the communists aren't trying to like go in and take everybody's shit. They're just literally like, if we look at Bill Gates and like Trump and like um, Elon Musk, um, they've been living off the uh, work of literally everyone else while people are starving in the street. I did a lot of mutual aid. And back when I first got into these movements, I was like, okay, we'll just eliminate the government and everything will be okay. Then after doing a little bit of volunteer work here and there, working with homeless people, I just to set, just the answer of, hey, what's going to happen to the underprivileged people? Um, what's going to happen to these people? And everyone just says, oh, well, the community will take care of them. But not every community is going to take care of all their people. There's plenty of food in the world. There's some enough food produced to feed 10 million or 10 billion people. But we only have like 8 billion and something people on Earth. So there's plenty of food to feed all the people. They just aren't being fed. It's because we have a lot of these elites that are hoarding resources to manufacture scarcity. And that's specifically for profit. And so that's why, um, sorry, um, that's why I think that the government is not the only enemy, but also all these corporations that have specifically built up, created the government and own the government. They're also the enemy. So your, so your only issues are with government and corporations? Well, also the really rich people running the uh, corporations. Um, pretty much anybody who uses the uh, labor of someone else to gain without that person gaining anything. Also, I believe there needs to be some kind of social safety net to take care of all the homeless people. Because there's no reason when we have enough homes to house, like all the homeless people, like what, it's seven times over or something? Or maybe it's just three. I don't know. It's several times more homes than there are homeless people. So. And I, I know I asked you this. Oh, sorry. What were you saying? Oh, yeah. Communism just has a lot of answers for these things. And it's just in writing. And mm -hmm. ultimately, all communism really boils down to is having a shitty society, having a revolution. And then the transition state is where anarchists and communists differ. But the end goal is the same, a, a classless, um, cashless 
and um, stateless society. So the end goal is to have a society that's stateless, but there just has to be something in between the stateless society and the revolution to kind of wean people into that. So they have a proletarian um, outline of, well, they have an outline for a transitional proletarian state that is designed to dissolve over time as it's no longer needed. So communism isn't the end goal. It's just a means to an end. Well, the communization is that that's the communization is the method to get to a stateless society. So even anarchists would say a communal living would be the end goal. They just believe that after you eliminate the state, it's just going to happen, which isn't really hundred percent true. Um, well, the methodologies are a little bit different, but the end goal is the same. So, do you do you fully believe though? And and this is just me genu- genuinely asking. Do you fully believe that if we used communism to transition to a stateless society, that they would be so willing to hand over that stateless society? Like, are well, you sure it, that like communism just wouldn't it wouldn't just continue? So the proletarian society is one that's built to be ran by the people. Like you might have representatives specifically working on a task, but these representatives aren't going to be wealthy. They're not going to, they're just going to have a normal workman's wage, which um, I was reading in a book, uh, a Lenin book recently, the state and revolution um, talking about specific, it's like a four, it's, it's like a, six-part book it was supposed to have seven parts but it only has six um it's like a six-part book specifically about the idea of transitioning into a stateless society but um it's designed to where nobody profits on being a politician it's just literally a representative that while their needs are met they have no incentive to maintain that position also there's uh not incremental elections you know there wouldn't be like scheduled, there would be scheduled elections, probably. There's a lot of different ideas about how, how to set up the government. And ultimately, the people involved are the ones who choose it because it's dictatorship by the proletariat, which just means power to the people. So all the people make the decisions. And um, so no one really gets left behind. But at any time, if a representative isn't performing their task, you recall them and somebody else can do their work. But uh, how would this society deal with people who don't um, want to adhere to communism? So that's the thing I hear a lot about adhere to communism. There's not really a whole lot somebody has to do to adhere to communism, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. for the average person or the working man. There's really not anything else they have to do. It's just when we're looking at who we're looking at really affecting are going to be the top five percent, top 10 percent. Um, of people that are wanting to maintain control over other people. What, also, what, is the, what is the top five and top 10%? I feel like that's a really big percentage of the population. Yeah, it would be. Anytime. Um, so, of course, there's going to be different variations for every country. I believe if it happens in the U.S., it could be very successful because that takes out one of the main people that are preventing communism from working in the rest of the world. Or attempting to stop communism from working the rest of the world but uh 
I mean, pretty much it's anybody who is asserting their power over somebody else or anybody who is benefiting off the labor of someone else. And that person that's performing the labor isn't owning the, their own labor. And I, I definitely think that is where a lot of the uh, transitory state arguments come into play. Well, and um, well, how do you, so how would you define like who's benefiting off of who? Because, and, I, and I, I've tweeted this to you before and it was a genuine question. At what point w- would that line be drawn? Because I mean, some people would say that I benefit off of them because there's people that are poorer than me well it's really a monetary thing um once we eliminate a lot of middleman jobs uh because there's a lot of jobs that simply don't need to exist like a tax preparer that's uh just an entire industry that just can just be gotten rid of and once we start streamlining a lot of these industries a lot of people just don't need to work um because the same amount of societal goals that can be accomplished with less work but um as far as determining who's benefiting off who, we would want to move to sort of co-op type businesses instead of uh, employee-employer relationships. Um, of course, um, different employers, you know, they would need to live and make a wage and they would need to have enough to survive. But you wouldn't want to have a business owner who's living in a fucking mansion and then their employee barely able to make rent living paycheck to paycheck, you know? But that's something that would have to be, you know, evaluated on every stance or on every instance, because, you know, uh, Mark said from each person, according to their ability to each person, according to their need. So ultimately, it would have to be constantly adjusted to make sure everyone's taken care of. But at the same time, um, you're not going to have anybody unjustly taken advantage of, you know, mm-hmm. it would be something that would have to be constantly debated. And. Um, I apologize if you answered this earlier. I'm not quite sure if I caught the answer clear enough uh, for me, but so how would you deal with people who don't want to adhere to communism, even, even if it doesn't, even if they don't have to change anything in their life, but you'll still have like a handful of people who are just very um, staunchly against it. How would a communistic society deal with those people? Well, I mean, if they just decided to not, you know, participate in the communal system, uh, they can just not participate in it, you know, as long as they're not um, taking advantage of other people. You know, we don't we don't really care about, you know, somebody running off in the woods and living on their own. People can do that. What we care about would be somebody, you know, running a sweatshop or something. Or what about what about people who. Um, are okay with being in a communistic society one day, but then the next day they're not. Is, are they free to leave this society? Yeah, I mean, it's not a prison. It's just another economic system, you know? Okay. Um, so I, the, the way that I see it is that you come at issues, um, you, like you're very involved in humanitarian things, like you really care about helping the less fortunate and things like that. So... And you explained earlier that was a big factor for you for getting more so into communism. Yeah. So like, um, like when um, I was involved in libertarianism and anarchy, my answer, mm-hmm. whenever somebody asked about 
who what do we do about the people starving and freezing in the street i'm like oh no big deal or they when somebody would say what do we do if there's no government or no state to take care of those people i just said oh well once the government's gone everybody will just keep doing mutual aid and everything will be okay or people will just want to help out their community and Mm -hmm. that honestly the people who get helped that's at the mercy of other people it's not guaranteed that everybody will be helped because people are starving and people are freezing to death in the winters. And I don't, I can't I don't think assume, I quite, I don't think I huh? quite understand what you mean at the mercy of other people. Yeah. So in an anarcho society, the people who are underprivileged, who would be starving and freezing in the streets, if their community collectively decides to help them, then they might get help, mm-hmm. but that's not what's going to happen worldwide. The majority of places are just going to be like, well, couldn't figure it out. So you just die. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. our societies that we would make wouldn't be like that. But the vast majority of people are greedy. So that's how it would just work. So that's why everyone has um, there has to be a system in place to take care of these people, like a social safety net. Right. So and helping these less fortunate in a communistic society, wouldn't be at the expense of other people? It would be at the expense of people who are holding on and hoarding vacant homes. It would be at the expense of the people that are hoarding the resources that could go to feed these people. Like I said, there's plenty of food. There's plenty of homes. Like no one needs to have their home taken. Nobody needs to have food taken out of their mouth. We can just use the stuff that already exists or stop people from holding on to these homes to uh, artificially increase the profit based on selling these homes because it's manufactured Mm -hmm. scarcity and it just Mm -hmm. doesn't need to exist. So I think, I think I have had a similar issue, like with being in the, in libertarian circles and stuff is that people get really stuck in being very um, inclusive and not, um, Inclusive isn't the word I'm looking for. Uh, what's the word that I'm looking for where people just want to go live out in the woods and like not help anyone? Isolationist. Um, yeah, isolationist. There you go. Sorry, I'm dumb. Yeah, so I see that a lot. Like people really want to be isolationists and not help their community. But, um, and I talk about this a lot, like just getting involved with my party here. I've I've seen a different side of the libertarian party and it doesn't necessarily have to be the libertarian party it could be any organization but I think that there is a lot of people who are willing to help the less fortunate even in the economic system we have right now yeah there are a lot of people but at the same time there are a lot of people that are abandoned by the system but I mean the taxes that we do pay should be going to these things but they go towards you know, foreign wars, a police state, they go towards literally just murdering our own citizens or enforcing gun Mm -hmm. laws, but Mm -hmm. there shouldn't be any gun laws. So that is one of the things that I like about communists also. In in theory, and I believe in practice in the US, no gun laws because, and no victimless crime laws, because what's the point in enforcing those? But so, I mean, that's why I'm saying there's a lot of the same values. It's just the implication of a social safety net until we're able to get to communal society. 
And you don't feel like by implementing communism, it wouldn't be like another way of trying to legislate morality. Well, it wouldn't be trying to legislate morality. It would be the acknowledgement that there's no way to control morality. So we're not trying to control morality rather than just make sure everyone's minimum needs are met. Mm -hmm. And and I get that. And I guess where I view it differently is that I, I kind of view it as like, I guess, trying to legislate morality. And I guess that, you know, that's where we differ. That's where you see it differently than I do. Yeah. So I have um, heard the term legislate morality a lot whenever I was a libertarian and stuff. And mm -hmm. they're really not trying to like implicate like Christian rules or anything like the drug laws and shit. All mm -hmm. they're literally doing is just eliminating the top tier. Um, they're just redistributing the stuff that's being hoarded so that people don't die, like in the streets for no reason other than greed. Yeah. I, I guess, and I, and I guess where once you eliminate that top tier, just this is how I view it. When, once you eliminate that top tier, isn't it kind of like peeling back an onion? Like suddenly there's another tier there. Not necessarily. Uh, once you take over, once the workers have and they control the means of production, and once the workers are able to cut out a lot of these middlemen and get rid of the, um, what I'm, the get rid of the manufactured scarcity, mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot more resources available. Like there, like I said, there's plenty of food right now to go around. There's no reason for these people to starve and there's no reason for these people to go homeless. It's just a matter of letting, allowing people to use the resources. But right now, it's not profitable for people to use the resources. It's profitable for these companies to hold back the resources so they can sell individual items for more. I gotcha. But there are a lot of uh, communist economists that um, have ideas about how to make a system work and be perpetual so that people can be fed, so that people can keep working and do the things they want. And there's also another uh, branch of communism that has to do with automation. So in theory, if you were to eliminate all the extra jobs right now, all the extra middlemen work and everything, um, we could just work to meet the needs of society. And then if we wanted to work more, we could, great. But most people would only have to work like 10 hour weeks and all the needs of society would be met. But the employers and, you know, mega corporation bosses and CEOs and stuff, they all want us to work more because the extra uh, labor surplus or labor value surplus is lining their pockets instead of going back to us. So we're not seeing the fruits of our labor. Wealthy business owners are. Oh, you said that because everybody would be in the workforce that we would only be working like 10 hours a week, correct? This way? Well, not everybody in the workforce. I'm saying that a lot of people that want to work and mm -hmm. a lot of people that are working now, like if we took everybody that was working now and refocused their labor and stopped worrying about um, the wealthy businessmen taking the labor value surplus, everyone could theoretically work like maybe half as much or maybe only 10 hours a week 
And all the same needs that are met by society now can still be met. And then that'll only get better with automation. So I'm thinking about if everybody's able to work less, you have more time to spend with your kids. You have more time to spend training. You have more time to focus on your community. Mm-hmm. How, does, how does a communistic society deal with individuals who don't want to work? Then they really just don't work. Um, Do they still receive be... like that social safety net? and whatnot yeah they would still have to um of course you know certain areas of work need to be met but i mean if a community doesn't feel like working as a whole then that community is just going to fall behind anyways so i don't have a lot of the answers because i'm fairly new to communism but not everyone has to work and a lot of people like if they're not able to work if they're disabled or something or if uh I don't know, they have some kind of thing stopping them from working and they wouldn't have to work. Or let's say somebody on a maternity leave, they probably wouldn't have to work either. No, they wouldn't have to work. But um, there's just a lot of labor that goes into. um, So the term uh, labor value surplus, that's let's say if all the needs, if you're if all the needs of your job, like if you were to break even at 10 hours, then that extra 30 hours is pure profit. So that's the idea of labor value surplus um, is how many hours do you need to work to meet the needs or meet the uh, cost of production? And then after that, it's pure profit. So right now, the majority of the labor value surplus is going into the pockets of these business owners instead of the workers being able to keep the fruits of their labor. Okay, so I see what you're saying. That's mainly the issue communism has with business owners or like corporate billionaires. I see and so the saying. idea is to uh, put the fruits of the labor, to let people own their own labor. Because right now, the way the system works is Somebody has to work their job and accept the wages that are offered because wages aren't really competitive like they should be um, because you have the same companies. All these companies are owned by conglomerates and those are all owned by the same large corporation. And then it ends up being just everything's owned by oligarchy, which just a group of people that own basically everything. So all these companies aren't competing wages against each other. The where you see varying wages, it might vary by like a dollar to an hour here and there, or it'll be a regional difference based on the cost of living. You, because the idea of wages is to give people enough to live, but not give them so much that they don't have to come back tomorrow. Of course, some people are able to budget, live below their means, or live below their, uh, yeah, live below their means. I said that right. Um, of course, some people are able to like save, keep climbing the ladder, and you know, but that's usually at the uh, detriment of other people. Even in the U.S., um, if we were to say we don't see these other countries that the U.S. is basically raping, um, like the countries in Africa or Latin America or South America, um, the U.S. is just a big pirate ship that raids all these other countries and takes their shit. And like um, even Elon Musk, he had the uh, what was it, the blood emeralds or something, and out of Africa. I don't know, like he, his is also built on some blood money. Um, 
because these other countries, they could be wealthy also. And we could also come together and all fulfill our needs here. But it's basically a group of wealthy billionaires are controlling the world. So it's not even just a U.S. issue. I I do agree with you that the wealthy elite are very corrupt, very corrupt individuals. And I think a lot of them have done a lot of really scummy stuff to get where they're at. Um, But I guess from um, a capitalist point of view, I don't feel like I'm entitled to taking their money. Like for me personally, that wouldn't feel right. It wouldn't feel right to steal from someone, no matter if they're richer than me or poorer than me. So that's um, communism or capitalism and communism been around a lot longer than just, you know, Marx and stuff. Um, so these countries, we're thinking about colonialism, uh, imperialism. Uh, think about it not as if it's just Elon Musk is wealthy and he's just done well for himself. Think about Elon Musk has literally enslaved entire countries in Africa to gain the wealth that he has now. So you're not just stealing from a rich person. You would be seizing their wealth and redistributing them amongst the people stuff that they've uh it's ill-gotten gains based on slavery Mm -hmm. so it's not really like you're just stealing from somebody it's that you are liberating people how y'all doing over there y'all are quiet yeah i'm good man i'm just listening i don't want to say anything stupid really because i haven't really been i haven't been tracking the entire you know all the twitter bullshit so i don't want to speak out of my ass i mean yeah the twitter bullshit is that's pretty much what it is it's really just bullshit um it's, it's designed to make people argue with each other for more views but um i mean there's been a lot of stuff on there a lot of people uh a lot of people in our group chats even um, you'll have people that say, yeah, I've read this book. I, I know all about that. I'm actually, I think, uh, I don't want to say his name. One guy was saying that he was a communist and he was like, communism is evil. I was like, that's not tracking, man. That's here. Even without establishing the knowledge in that book that you clearly don't have. I'm a communist, but communism is evil. That doesn't track. Just that very one statement. Um, how do so. you how do you address the individuals who have fled their countries that were communist and fled because of communism? So a lot of people that have fled their countries, um, they come from usually wealthy backgrounds, people that didn't want to give up land, land ownership or people who didn't want to not just land ownership. People can have land. People can have you no. Know, personal property but by land ownership i mean somebody who owns like several families worth of land like hundreds of acres and like dozens of homes and they're just not letting people live in them those are the types of people that are usually fleeing these countries now of course people do flee in mass and some people are caught up and scared so they do flee and they're but a lot of these groups that are forced to flee these countries or a lot of these people that choose to flee these countries are going to be landowners or the people that fled Latin America, all these different countries in Latin America, like generations ago, usually it was 
because of the different um, sugar plantations or different plantations where they had slave labor, they were told they weren't allowed to own slaves anymore. Now, also at the same time, not every country is going to be, not every way a country is implemented is going to be pure. Um, there are, have been some pretty shitty things like uh, Che Guevara. Um, like he did some pretty shitty things to, uh, or he has some pretty shitty views about uh, homosexuals. Um, but then again, Lenin legalized homosexuality like 100 years ago. So, you know, communism isn't necessarily a solid form of government that's being implemented. Like it's not just one philosophy. It's just a general idea about there needs to be something there to work towards communization. So, I mean, you'll have some people that have fled these countries that sometimes they didn't flee. Like, um, what was it? The little girl who came and did an interview about North Korea, about the uh, country only has one TV channel and it's basically hell. And she was saying all this stuff. And then like immediately after there was like evidence proving that she was lying. But I mean, people just listen to what they're told, you know? And I mean, the same way that, Oh, the same the same way that everybody's scared of communism over here. If you have capitalists that are talking to people and they're scaring people from communism, having the uh, you know the scare red scare, then uh, people are going to flee. People are going to go to the country that they think most mirrors the one they currently have, if that's the one they're comfortable with. So, do you believe that there's a lot of propaganda against North Korea? And people who have fled there. Oh yeah, everything's propagandized. Like the reason we went over to Vietnam, um, and like the reason we went to war with Vietnam, you know, everybody was told it was about freedom or some other bullshit, but it was really just about there was a commu- uh, communist society coming into play, and the U.S. and other capitalist countries weren't having it. Same reason we went to war with Korea. These have wars you, just didn't have to happen. Have you ever personally spoken to anyone who's ever fled any of these countries or anyone who's ever been to one of these countries before? A couple of times. It's always kind of all over the place. Um, but then also my last church, they go to China like every year for a mission trip and hand out Bibles and stuff. Um, and then I, I went to a couple of different places went to Mexico and Japan that doesn't really say anything but I don't know when I meet these people before I didn't really talk about it too much because I haven't really been into communism or I haven't really thought about communism like critically until like this past month would you be willing at some point to sit down with someone who has fled Um, their country because and just purely just to talk to them like I'm not trying to change your mind or anything like you have your beliefs I have mine but I think it would be interesting because I've never actually sat down and and talked to someone who's fled their country due to communism like I've heard secondhand accounts I've heard like Jacob's been to the uh the DMC the demilitarized zone between North Korea and South Korea so like he's been pretty close to it and he's talked to some North Koreans before, so. Oh, yeah. I'm an Army vet, so I got a lot of friends who were over there. Mm-hmm. And I'm also an Army brat, so a lot of my friends' parents went there, too. Mm-hmm. But the um, also keep in mind that a 
the U.S. communist idea wouldn't work like other countries because it's like um, in the Cuban Revolution, they didn't want to attack uh, the base the U.S. has down there where they torture people. That's it. Um, <laughs> they didn't want to attack that one because they didn't want to spur on any rage from the U.S. But if the U.S. is the capitalist power trying to eliminate all these other communist countries. So if we had a communist revolution in the U.S., we wouldn't have to worry about setting up all these safeguards to prevent the U.S. from trying to shut it down because the U.S. would already be shut down. And um, also, we're... It, it's very, communism is usually looked at as a scientific practice. So like if things didn't work in the past, we're not going to try to do those things again. It would be specifically for the people, by the people. The people would come together and make decisions as a community or as an entire country. They would have the representatives and everything would work in a way that the U.S. would want it to work. It wouldn't be like these other countries if they failed, you know? Does communism account for like natural disasters and things? I like mean, it's that? got to. Um, yeah, pretty much every country, every government's going to accommodate for those things or it's going to plan for those things as much as they can because it's a pretty solid science. Like, me, uh, what is it, meteorology or seismology? Um, they can pretty much tell when these things are going to happen so they can move people around or, you know, divert resources to care for these people after they go through these disasters but um i mean that should be a pretty easy thing that every country should be able to do but the u.s fails at it quite a bit like we still have people losing their home every single year um in florida to the hurricanes or we have everybody's property in california being burned down just all the fucking time and it should be something that government hands handles better but instead of using the tax money on the people, they're using the tax money in foreign wars. Or they're using the tax money to oppress people or run these fucking drug wars. But I mean, there really shouldn't be any government that shouldn't be able to handle that, especially as easy of a science as it is to handle now. But yeah, I mean, um, uh, yeah, somebody, uh, someone I did protest with, he's from, he said a fascist country. And it was one that was, a partly a communist country so i was supposed to be talking to him soon or he was supposed to call me but um like i said if things were terrible in another country before we don't have to recreate that communism is at its very core just working towards a revolution and communization it's just how to figure out what to do with that transitional state that has to be figured out and that's really just going to be a trial well, it's not really going to be so much a trial and error thing. It's really just going to be letting the people decide what they need to an extent. Like, we don't want all the people to come together and be like, yeah, we need to go fuck up that country and take their shit. Like, yeah, no, foreign wars are not going to be super great. So we're going to try to avoid those. Yeah, foreign wars suck, man. It's just a waste of money and resources and an overreach of our government. So I can agree yeah. to that. How about that new... Um initiative that uh the the biden administration is putting out about oh, yeah. dissenters yeah, anybody who thinks differently is up for grabs now yeah it's they declared literally everyone as a domestic violent extremist it's fucking wild like if, if anybody who's not okay with the current system 
is a violent extremist. Anyone who cares about the environment, violent extremist. Anybody who questions corporate overlords, they're violent extremists. It's like the list goes on and on. It's fucking insane. Yeah, what was up with that abortion related extremist? Did, oh, yeah. What does that even mean? I've never heard yeah. of that ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, hold up. Where should I drop the screenshot? Where was it? Yeah, that was. I did see that on there, though. Oh, chat. Here we go. Oh, no pictures. Damn. Yeah, like, I don't even know. Was that talking about like anybody who's pro life or anybody who's pro choice? Like, basically, anybody who has an opinion. Like, was that the Catholic Church now? Is that the Catholic? Did you see the drama and how they're trying to use um, the Eucharist? They're they're weaponizing the Eucharist. They're saying that uh, Catholic politicians that are pro-choice would not be able to partake in the sacrament of the Eucharist at, at church. But and that's that's the um, the bishops that are coming together saying that in the Catholic Church now, but. A survey, and this is all according to a CNN article I, I thumbed through earlier. Um, a survey of American Catholics say that most would prefer that people have the choice, you know, to discuss that with their doctor, you know, and not have the government involved in it. Yeah, I mean, that's the way things should be. I mean, that's really a personal decision. Nobody else needs to really have any say in it. But yeah, so this abortion related violent extremists. Uh, domestic violent extremists with ideology, ideological agendas in support of pro-life or pro-choice beliefs. So whatever side you're, you're anybody who has a stance one way or the other, they're a target now. So yeah. that's fucking wild. Man. <clears throat> but, you know, hey, they declared um, Juneteenth the holiday, so actually none of this stuff is bad anymore. Oh. oh geez give me a break man i mean it's right? yeah it's it's nice it is you know but, I, but i've seen really, a lot of people reacting negatively to it it's it, yeah it's well it's because it's concessions it's not right. change they still have fucking qualified immunity they still have the biggest prison population comparatively to their world population and it's just it's concessions right now it's to satisfy liberals. So that's another thing is uh, communists define liberals as anybody. There are right liberals and there are left liberals. Anybody who really doesn't force change on their own. Anybody who plays the political game and is all talk. Apparently, that's what liberal means. Um, it's not liberal does not mean leftist, apparently. But yeah. So, I mean, it's concessions, really. Like, it's a good thing to you know, recognize Juneteenth, but they still have all the other shit. It's like whenever they uh, took a knee in that, what, what was it? After uh, George Floyd, they took a knee and they were wearing like... Um, Pente cloth and all that. That was so yeah. fucking weird. That, that, doesn't, that, like, that doesn't even feel like something that actually happened, but it did. Yeah. It's just fucking funny. It's like, it's not genuine. Like, it'd be one thing if they were doing that and then saying like, yeah, by the way, we're also ending qualified immunity. Or, hey, by the way, no more victimless crimes, but... Nope, it's all for show. This has been the initiative for that has been taken in, in a few places so far, uh, ending qualified immunity. So yeah, it is coming to light, but slowly, much more slowly yeah. than I would prefer. Yeah, and that's more of like a state or a local level. I, mean, I I would like to see a national movement to end qualified immunity. Same here. I mean, yeah, steps are being taken, but the people. Not quick enough. 
Yeah. It's like there's still people dying. Like George Floyd got killed over counterfeit bill or what fake bills or something. And like people have gotten killed for jaywalking. And then, you know, we had the Omar Shafi incident, which was a whole nother thing. But this I'm sure supplier die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Philando Castile, Ryan Whitaker, Duncan Limp. I mean, those were all, those were all, yeah. that was just blatant murder, but because of qualified yeah. immunity. And it shit was happens. funny because when I talked to my, like, I went to my hometown and I was, I, I re downloaded Facebook with a uh, fake number and a business email. So <laughs> I started <laughs> connecting with a lot of people from my uh, hometown, right? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. Cop- cops aren't all bad. That stuff happens everywhere else, but we, we don't have no knock raids and murders here. And then like, I started looking into it like five years ago, there was this old dude who just, they busted into his home. Like he was a member of the community, like a prominent member. And it it seemed like a political assassination, which is fucking wild to me in a town of like 10,000 people that they would have a political assassination. But it was basically some bad knowledge saying that he was like a drug kingpin or something. So they broke into his home and shot him. (laughs) And like the wife was still asking for it to be investigated, but it's like the people who would be investigating it would be the people who committed the murder. Like these, this was local cops. There's and no checks. They want to. Yeah, they want to tell me. They want to tell me. Oh yeah, that wouldn't happen here. And I'm like, but this was a huge thing. Hey, I tell you what, it gets worse the smaller the department gets. I mean, it's like the same like 10, 20 people looking at each other and evaluating each other. There is there is no external internal investigations yeah it, it's all internal yeah it's because it's crazy too because there should be like it there's a system specifically designed for it like hey if something gets fucked up here they bring in gbi or georgia uh, bureau of investigations to investigate the police but it doesn't happen right <laughs> those are also the same circuit of people so and everybody's got all the cops like back each other so there's no real checks or balances the only way to really stop it is to just eliminate the ability for those things to be enforced by either eliminating the laws or eliminating their power by you know defunding them you guys i'm gonna have to head out to go put my daughter to bed yeah, it was good talking to you you too good night have a good night be safe good night, night guys yeah we had a pretty good conversation thus far we could we could go ahead and wrap it up too Okay. I don't yeah, want sure. to. I don't want to strain it or anything. You know, <laughs> it is a yeah. Sunday night, and everybody's working tomorrow. So, yeah. But uh, thanks for coming on, man, and talking about some of that stuff. And uh, and we had a nice chat here. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure there's there's things that you know both us and our listeners might disagree on, but you know, the libertarian way is not to to tell yeah. somebody that they have to think otherwise. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, you know, we did say that we're going to take over the world and leave, it, and leave everybody alone. So, you know, <laughs> it, it would be counterintuitive to speak against that. So, yeah. thank you. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening to me. No problem, man. It's great to have you on board. And uh, to all our listeners, uh, thanks for checking in. Uh, like I said before, I hope everybody had a good Father's Day. And uh, thanks for, for checking in. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at I am Clayton Moore. You can find me on Twitter at Opie's Back. I'm on Twitter at Afraid Chair. And you can find me on Twitter at Coke and Cake. 
I'm uh, on Twitter at Caboose GA, like Georgia. And don't forget to follow the podcast at The Goon Squad PR. Check in next time. Bitch, I'm finna, bitch, I'm finna boo. Bitch, I'm finna boo. Yeah, me and all my crew went from military infantry to goons. All because the feds forgot the people make the rules. Yeah, bitch, I'm finna boo. Yeah, I'm finna boogaloo. Like a movie that's coming to a reality.